Welcome to the Paytia Education Podcast. I'm Dr. Bernie Wilkinson. And I'm Dr. Richard Marshall. We're finally on a regular schedule or close Back on our schedule. Close enough. Uh, we usually start at 6.30, but it's 6.52. And that's, we, that'll we missed do. last Friday, right? We did. Well, we had to record on Sunday record because... On Sunday. Uh, you were testifying. I right? was testifying, okay. yes. So, But we're back on the regular schedule. We are, and I'm glad to be back on the regular schedule. I, I miss Friday mornings when we can get up and, and do our podcasts and get these things going. I feel like we're on the Today Show. You know, they have to get up at like at 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to be in the city by 4. And, That's know, right. So we're the... We're the uh, the early uh, we take the early bus, as Jesse Jackson once said. We take the early bus. Yeah, but at least we don't have to go into the city. True, we, we, True. Are, we are in the city. Well, we are city dwellers. Sort of. We are in Highland City. Highland. <laughs> <laughs> That's another whole story. Okay, but it's good. It's good. Friday. Yes. Um, looking forward to the weekend uh, here in Lakeland. We have something called Sun and Fun. Oh yeah, Sun yeah. and Fun. Weekend. It's a pretty well. Well known. Yeah. I was talking Probably. to my mom yesterday, though, and I've lived here in Florida my entire life. I've lived in Polk County mm-hmm. my entire life. I've lived within five miles, probably, of this building right here for mm-hmm. my entire life, and I've never been to fun, never Sun been and Fun. There. And people come from all over the world to go to Sun <laughs> and Fun, and we've never been there. I, I think it's because I can sit in my backyard and watch all the planes. And That's um, true. If you I, live in certain parts of the city, you can see everything from the from the comfort of a lawn chair. Yeah. I don't and have I've to deal with all the. That. Right. Don't have to deal with all the the crowds and the crowds and the traffic. And, yeah. Yeah. So, well, but here, but here there, are. there are no planes flying overhead right now. Not. Not, not yet. Yet. Yeah. So that's another good reason why we're recording now instead of okay. uh, a little bit later on Sunday morning because you would definitely hear the planes. Oh, yeah. If we were recording on. They bring um, the jets in. Yeah. The, um, yeah. Blue Angels or one of the yeah. one of the other um, uh, acrobatic. Uh, military acrobatic teams. Yeah. Um, what do they call those? Flying in formation or something. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the other thing that's going on right now is it's April, and that can only mean one thing. Test, test, test. test. It's testing season that's here right. in the United States. Um, all over the country. Uh, it's a federal law you well, know, since 2001. Right. And we've made it through testing. the we've made it through the first month of testing. Yeah. Um, they, they, did, they did quite a bit of testing last month, but this mm-hmm. is when we really... It's, it's sort of the push to the end. This is where we really are pushing because this is when right. we get all of the end-of-course exams, all the uh, other uh, FSA testing. Uh, last month was primarily the FSA writing, right. uh, but mm-hmm. this month we have the FSA um, reading and um, math and all the end-of-course exams and end-of-year exams and everything. And, and I, Richard, I have to say, I'm really excited with the direction that you're taking the podcast this week because mm-hmm. you know we, we've really been blasting it i think the last couple of weeks um and and sharing criticisms i say blasting but we've been sharing criticisms our concerns and i think this week um i think this week is going to be really helpful for parents yeah this is a transition week um in the in the paydia podcast um what what as professional educators dr bernie and i are professional educators uh, by training and by profession and um we, we as, as our listeners know, as most people know, we are extremely concerned about uh, the direction that um, education is headed these days, and especially with uh, these so-called reforms of public education. We've talked about this many times. Um, it, is, it is a concern of ours. Um, but, but this week we sort of sat back, the two of us sat back and, and became, you know, sort of took a longer view of this whole education right. business. And we have been highly critical of some decisions that have been made, both at a local level, state level, national level. Um, but our, our biggest concern, our concern is this, that public schools have always been in a state of transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bernie's too young to remember this, but I remember desegregation. And, you know, there was a time in our country where in the 50s and 60s where we actually had to bring out the National Guard. We had to bring out military. Eisenhower had to call out the National Guard to quell the riots related to desegregation of our schools in the 50s. The Kennedys had to do it in the 60s. Um, We've we've always dealt with we've always had to deal with um, these kinds of controversies surrounding our public schools. So um, this. Well, these recent say, reforms are, are, are another example of that. And, and let's, let's of, of course, point out that while it is another example of that, it's not to that point. 
Exactly. You know, yeah. the, nobody's calling out the National Guard because some people don't want to take the FSA test. Right. We have we have something called the opt out movement where parents right. are quietly deciding that they don't right. want their civil there disobedience. Aren't riots. We don't have to call out the National Guard right. because of the disagreements we're having today. So, uh, if we get a little perspective, you know, let's put this in perspective and say, yeah, we have some problems. We have to deal with those problems. We're going to continue to be critical, but. We also have children to raise. That, and the, the concern that we have, two things that we want to talk about today. One is that before we leave this whole idea of testing, we want to, we want to make one more, one final comment about that. And that is that the testing juggernaut uh, continues um, and we're living with it today. But there, is, there are movements afoot in almost every state um, these are grassroots movements of parents, PTAs, and um, teachers um, who are saying enough is enough. Um, this, the testing isn't worth the price that we're paying. It's not working for kids. It's not working for schools. So um, many, many parents are beginning to opt out. States are beginning to opt out. In fact, in um, Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, 200 students decided to opt out, and one of them was the child of a state lawmaker. And, oh. and it's, you know, this is a state law, but even state lawmakers are saying, I think we've reached a point where we have to reconsider this whole testing business. Well, and I think that, you know, one one point that I'm, I'm going to throw out there about opt out, and, mm-hmm. and I've been reading a lot about it lately, um, you know, people sometimes will say, well, I'm going to opt out, and so my kid's not going to participate mm-hmm. in... Um, is not going to take the test. Well, technically, at least here in Florida, that's against the law. It's against the law. To, to, yeah, you have to be careful with this opt-out because you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You don't want right. to put your child in a compromising position. And you don't want to break any laws. I mean, right. let's let's have a... Let's have civil disobedience. Right. I don't want anybody to end up breaking the law. Right. So what, so what you have to do, the, the opt-out movement really encourages minimal participation. And That's what right. that means is is you sit down, you put your name on the test, but then you just refuse to answer any questions. That's right. So you're not breaking the law. You're sitting for the test. You're, that's what it requires. That's what the that law requires. Right. Um, how you do on the test is is a different issue. Right. So you, you're, you are working within the confines of the law. You're not breaking any laws. But just to give you some perspective, in Pennsylvania, for example, um, test refusal has tripled uh, between uh, from 2014 to 2015, um, in New York, uh, 220,000 students have refused, and what it did is it is it led um, the governor Cuomo of New York was a big advocate of, of high stakes testing. Uh, what it led to there was um, New York, as a result of parent resistance, New York is going to have uh, fewer questions on the tests, and students will have unlimited time to take the exam. So they take away that, that time element that creates so much anxiety in children. Um, any, nevertheless, many parents continue to say they're going to boycott. And last year in Washington state, half of the 11th graders in this, half of the 11th graders in the state refused to take the test last spring. Um, and the, the, uh, government, the lawmakers are trying to, uh, to calm the revolt this year. So, so we see these, these um, movements um, against um, these high-stakes, standardized tests uh, moving across the country. Um, before leaving this topic, we want to talk what's happening in Florida. One of the controversies uh, that, that we've talked about on our program right. is using a single test score to make important decisions, right. like promotion mm-hmm. uh, from third grade to fourth grade. And another one is graduation. And we've talked in previous podcasts about the terrible uh, position it puts a student in if they attend school regularly and they're passing all their courses, but if they don't pass this single test with all of its problems, um, they don't get a they don't get a high school diploma, you right? Know, which puts a which puts a child in a terribly compromised, almost untenable position because they're unemployable. Because all the all the employer wants to know is, do you have a high school diploma? Right. They have to say no. And, and what's what's unreal, and and again, just something that many people don't really consider is that. You know, we think about the FSA test as the one that you have to pass. Well, it's also, you have to pass the algebra EOC. That's right, the end of course exam. For, for algebra and, right. and for a couple of other classes, you have to take those tests. And, and for some of them, you have to pass them right. in order to get a high school diploma. Right. So, right. again, you could do all, 
you know, all the other requirements. Mm -hmm. You can make decent grades. You could do all of these things. But if you don't pass the algebra EOC or the right. 10th grade FSA test, right. then you don't get a standard diploma. And, and neither Dr. Bernie nor I, and neither of us is suggesting that we should give kids a high school diploma just because they attended school. Right. That's not yeah. the issue at all. No, it should be rigorous. They should work hard. But just because you can't do algebra, should that should that be the reason that you're denied a high school diploma? Right now, it is. Okay, right. and so right now, there are only 16 states out of 50 that still require students to pass a test in order to get a high school diploma. Right. Sadly, Florida is one of those 16. Uh, whether the other 16 are going to let go of this requirement or not, we don't know. But Florida is one of those states that require it now. What and what Dr. Bernie and I are saying is, okay, if you want to have a high school, do you know the Regents exam in New York? Have you ever heard about I've that? I've heard of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Regents exam has been around in New York for years. For a long it's time. Where, yeah. Massachusetts has one. Mm -hmm. And those have worked very, very well. Um, the problem with these tests tied to graduation rates is you get dropouts. If a kid right. takes a test in 10th grade, doesn't pass it. If he's not going to get a high school diploma, what's the point in going to school for 10th, 11th, and 12th grade? Right. So we've increased dropout rates. You know, if you, yeah, and it makes, it makes sense. You if know, you're you 15 can, or 16. If, you, if you've gone through and, you know, again, as we've said before, third grade, you have to pass it in order to be promoted to fourth grade. But from fourth, fifth, sixth, and so on, if you, if you fail it, score very poorly every year, and then you get to 10th grade and you perform poorly again. Mm -hmm. What what indication do you have? What hope do you have That's of right. passing it? Even though you have you know three or four other mm -hmm. additional chances mm -hmm. to take it, what hope do you have to pass it? That's right. And if you're not going to pass it, why are you going to continue? Why would a student continue to go to school for right. two more years? Right, right. So... So their, their dropout is makes sense. Right. The dropout rates have increased. And then suddenly states suddenly say, well, wait a minute. Now we have all these dropouts. Well, that's going to create another problem. Right. So this is what we've always talked about with the, the law of unintended consequences. And, right. and with each of these so-called reforms or changes, you have these unintended consequences. As a result of that, and, and this is the final point that, we, that I want to make about this, is that there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight states that have recently ended graduation tests. Right. Okay. Second, California, Pennsylvania, and Rhode Island have given specific dates for when they're going to um, have a moratorium on exit exams. Oh. So there's three more states that have said, we're going to be ending this at this time. And s several states, about six or seven states, have... And make sure you hear this, retroactively mm -hmm. awarded diplomas yeah. to students who failed the exam years ago, they're going to get high school diplomas. Because they met all the other requirements. Because they met all the other requirements. Right. Okay. I think that's great. So It's a lot um, of work, but it's great. Right. South Carolina allowed those who did not pass to appeal to the local school board through the end of 2015. So, so states are beginning to realize that you know, we have to solve a problem that maybe we created. And finally, um, the, I want to make these, these three comments. One state, Mississippi, is in transition, and they're going to reduce the number, the, reduce the weight of the test. Um, right now, it's 25% of the grade in four courses, okay? Mississippi's in transition from a mandated exit test to having 25% of the grade in four courses be based on the state exam instead of this instead of the exam being the be metric the determinant factor the determining factor now it's going to be one for 25% of a student's grade yeah and, and interesting in Florida not only is it a, a mandate but it also accounts for about 30% right of the final grade so right. you get right. double whammy that's right um, Tennessee and North Carolina replaced their graduation test with end-of-course exams that factor into students' course grades, but which students do not have to pass. Right. Now, that's good. That's okay. That's moving in the right direction. That's headed in the right direction. You don't have to pass the test. It's going to be factored into. No problem. That's like a final exam. Right. Okay. As long as it's a good test. As long as Another the test is, is from the curriculum that they're being taught from. That's right. And you're not, you're not using to grade the teacher. Right. Um, you know, that, we talked about that before. Texas, where all where this nightmare started, uh, they were the first state to, to have these tests, the so-called Houston uh, Texas miracle. 
Um, Texas reduced its plan for 15 required exit tests wow. to five, then added the right for students to use an alternative for up to two of the five if they fail. Wow. Okay, so again, heading Moving in the right, in the right So we went to craziness. 15 exit exams? That's I mean, and, and now they're down to five, and you can have these other alternatives. So uh, the point we want to make here is that um, we, we have a problem with testing and that, that parents need to stay abreast of this issue. Um, and um, and uh, we're going to stay current. We're certainly going to keep up with things and let you know what's going on in different states. And we hope that the Florida legislature starts to re and the Department of Education introduces some of this, um, some of these more sensible approaches. Right. And um, we'll post some of these articles uh, right. in the show notes. So if you're interested in reading them and, and getting more information. So. Yeah. But I think it's important for parents to keep up with this testing issue. Um, it is mandated. It is a law, and and you got to remember that that you don't right. want to you don't want to break a law. But there are plenty of ways to voice your opposition, and I think more and more states are moving in the right direction. As we said, we're down right. to 16 states that still require it. Hopefully, Florida will get rid of this requirement as soon as possible. Yeah. So if you're and 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 one other final point that I want to mention here before we make this transition that I, I'm really looking forward to is that um, this really only applies if you want a diploma from a public school. Yeah, I was talking to a parent the other day and she was very anxious because her child is homeschooled through a private homeschooling um, company. And she was thinking that she needed to take her child up and have them take the FSA tests and, and some mm. of the state mandated tests. And so I was tr trying to help her understand that, you know, that that's she not necessarily, right. it, it, she doesn't have to do that. Um, unless the, the only time she'll need to is if, you know, by the time her child reach, reaches high school, if there is an intent to um, put the child in public school, right. then, you know, they'll have to show some um, that they've taken some of these tests. And, right. and I, but I don't know how it will work if a, per, if a kid has been in private school, like up through 11th grade, mm -hmm. has already taken algebra and passed it. Now they enter in public oh, yeah, school in, right. in 12th grade. I wonder if, if they're going to make algebra them, in a private school or homeschooling. Right. Well, they make them take the FSA, the, or maybe the a couple or the ES, EOC a couple of years later. Hmm. Uh, that's Interesting. A, we'll have to we'll have to research that and see see what happens and, with that. And we also urge parents make sure you understand the um, make sure you understand your state's testing program and what the requirements are and what the alternatives are because right. there are some alternatives right you know in florida you can pass the pert test or you can pass the act so there are some alternatives and make sure you know what those are too which so so yes we're in opposite we don't like the way tests are being used and all that we're in opposition to it but we also have to be sensible and um and wise about how we approach this problem so we don't want to break a law and we do want to become informed about the tests and what the alternatives to tests are. So, right. So, I will. Um, I'm gonna. You know, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna post not only these articles, but I'm gonna also post a link to uh, the Florida high school yeah. graduation requirements, so right. that so that listeners can can check that out. Because you, you're right. You, you have to be educated. You have to know what's going on with it. What are What are the requirements? What, yeah. And what is my child gonna? And then, are there alternatives if my child doesn't do well? Uh, or what if my child has an IEP? Are there alternatives? Right. What if my child might not pass it? Are there alternatives? So right. find out. Um, yeah. Educate yourselves. Which brings us to the transition. Yeah. And, and we were talking the other day in, in preparation for, for this podcast. And we were talking. I, I really enjoyed that conversation, by the way. I don't know if I told you that. So You didn't. I, you I, never I, give me any positive feedback. I, I appreciate you sometimes. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> um, the we, well, we were talking about um, where all of this takes us because we have again shared our criticisms, shared our concerns, and as we search online ourselves for information, everybody falls into one of two almost diametrically opposed groups. There are those who, you know, say, hey, you know, and these are typically uh, legislators, hey, you know testing is good. We need to do more testing. We need to make sure that we're doing all this. And then there are the other, there's the other end that says, you know, we should opt out. We should, you do know, away with all do away it. with all of it. And I think that where we came, the, the point that we came to is, um, 
okay, well, this is where we are right now. This is this is what the law is, as we were just saying. What can what advice what what do we say about that? What do we say about the fact that okay, this is where we are? The the, the reality is is that everybody is not going to opt out. Right. The, the reality right. is is that that's not going to happen. Right. The other reality is is that we know that um, that the way that tests are used is not going to be completely supported by everyone and everybody's we're still going to have a problem with it and it still has an effect on our kids so where does that take us we need to find some way to balance these two opposing forces we need to find some way to say okay this is where we are right now now what do we do about it Mm -hmm. now with that i have a question what is the title of this podcast um the title of the podcast today is more than a curmudgeon I like that word. Curmudgeon. I, I am a curmudgeon, and Bernie likes the word curmudgeon. I'm going to get you a shirt that says... I'm a curmudgeon. And then I'm going to ha- get me a shirt that says, I'm with the curmudgeon. I don't want to be a curmudgeon. I promised myself when I was um, younger... <laughs> Bernie's rolling his eyes. When I was younger, I said, I am not going to be a curmudgeon when I get older. And now mm-hmm. that I'm in my 40s, I... <laughs> For the second time. For the second time. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a good one. Um, now that I'm in my 50s, um, and I don't want to be a curmudgeon. I don't because, I'll tell you why, I don't appreciate critics. Right. Right. Um, my son is an artist, and he has to deal with art critics. Right. Who, by the way, are not artists themselves. Most of which, yeah. Absolutely. How do you critic? How does anybody criticize a, 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 an NFL quarterback. Right. You know, I mean, what are there, 24 of them? Right. Or 20 of them? How many quarter, How many teams are there? I think there's 30. 30 te- there are 30 people who can play that position at that level. Right. In the, in the world. Right. Okay. How do, you, how do you criticize coaches if you're not a coach? How do you um, criticize players? I can't. I won't listen to Monday morning quarterbacks. It's frustrating. You know, if you're not an athlete, you have no business criticizing other athletes. Um, b- b- we're in the middle of tennis uh, tournaments, uh, the, um, uh, the tr- state, state tournaments, finals, right? Yeah. And you have these 14, 15, 16-year-old kids playing their hearts out. They double fault, and somebody's screaming in the background about yeah. the double Roger Federer has double faulted. Serena mm-hmm. Williams has double faulted. Yeah. Leave the... Let these kids play tennis. Stop criticizing. You know, it's those dads, parents who go to Little League baseball games and they yeah. start criticizing the coaches. Look, if you can do a better job, coach, volunteer to coach. Mm-hmm. They'll be happy to have you. And that's, that's, that's always a great word because it, volunteer, that's what the coaches do. That's right. They're volunteers. How many hours do you spend on a soccer field, soccer pitch? That's all f- your yeah. time. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, you don't bill for that. Right. You don't get paid for that. I can't ima- I can't even count the number of hours I spent on a little league baseball field right. you know, for years while my son played. Go volunteer. Don't be a critic. Be a coach. Don't be a critic. Be a player. And the other thing is, the only people who have the right to criticize are other athletes. Right. And when they do, they end up apologizing, issuing right. a public apology for being critical of a fellow athlete. Okay. Right. So, um, I. And and I don't want to be that. I don't want to be a critic. I don't only want to be a critic. I want to raise issues and I want to criticize when it's necessary. And I think a number of laws have been passed that need to be questioned. I think this whole testing program is a catastrophe. So it needs to be raised as an issue and people need to do something about it. But I don't want to come in here every Friday morning and just start criticizing everything. Right. Okay. And the reason I don't is because as parents and as teachers... Regardless of what tornado or hurricane or dust storm is being kicked up in education, because there's always going to be some controversy in education, there always has been some controversy in education, uh, whether it's desegregation or playgrounds or um, violence or aggression or bullying, or there's always some issue in public education. Um, Regardless of that, we still have the obligation of raising our children within that context. Right. Okay. As a parent, as a teacher, we have the obligation to manage children regardless of what's going on around them. So 
What I'd like to do this morning is let's take a break. One time, I don't know what the program was that you were talking about taking it. Remember Calgon? That yeah, it was a uh, um, yeah. There's old commercials. Right. Take, take a, a Calgon moment. Take a Calgon moment. Let's step back. I call it a. We're we're redoing a book, uh, the handbook for raising emotionally healthy child. Uh, that we're in the process of revising it. And in that book, I call it a parent moment. You know, right. when, when just stop for a moment. Yeah. Now, this is a parent moment. Stop. Uh, regroup. Yeah. And that's what I'd like to do this morning is I'd like for all of us to take a Calgon moment. And what I'd like for you to do, what, what we're asking you to do this morning is you, you have this child to raise. I want you to picture for a moment that it's graduation day. So your child is going up on stage, is handed... Um, his or her diploma, high school graduation. Question is, where do you want that? Where do you want your child to be on that day? Yeah, you know, I, I think this is a great exercise because we do that do this with patients and and people that we work with all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is your goal? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Where do you want to be? That's right. And then let's reverse engineer that. Let's let's work backwards and say, see what steps you have to take to get to that point. That's right. It is a it is a process of reverse engineering because here's what you want. This is your goal. Mm-hmm. This is what you want this child where you want this child to be, and also who you want this child to be on the day that he or she graduates. We talked about this a lot in our other podcast, The Mental Breakdown. We talked about it at the beginning of the year because, you know, we talked about setting goals as opposed to setting New Year's resolutions. That's right. And what we talked about with that is being as specific as you can be in your um, identification, your your description, your, your characterization of what that ultimate goal is. That's right. That's right. And so... Yeah. And, and it's going to require you talking to your kid. Right. right. Right? Because you can have this goal. Oh, well, I want my son to be graduating high school. I want him to be accepted into Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And I want him to be going into pre- a pre-medical program. That's right. Blah, blah, blah. Well, your kid may have absolutely no interest in that. Or, or aptitude for it. He, he, right. He may be terrible at chemistry. Well, you know, I'm sorry to say it's going to be really hard to be a physician if you're not good at chemistry. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, the rule out is organic chemistry, just so you know. <laughs> organic chemistry is the weeding, weeding class. And you know, Well, there's weeding a reason course. for that. Yeah. Because there's no prior knowledge. Right. Nobody has prior knowledge of organic chemistry. Right. And so you, you that's your first experience with it. Yeah. And you may or may not make it. And that's the course that weeds them out is organic chemistry. Yeah. Okay. And so if you're, you can... You want to be as specific as you can while also being realistic. That's right. Now... The, so you have this person standing on the stage being photographed with the principal or the superintendent or whoever's there to pass out the diplomas. Um, what we have to remember is that education is just one part of who this child is. Right. All right? And we are doing our children a disservice, a, a horrible disservice by this race for A's or this. And we talked about this before, you know, that um, a 4.0 used to mean you got all A's. Right. Now, if you take AP classes or you do dual enrollment, you take some college classes or some online classes, now you can get a 4.3 or a 4.5 or a 4.7. And the, the, the sad, to me, at the end of every school year, we hear about the valedictorian and the salutatorian. And they're separated by two tenths, three tenths yeah. of a point. You know that you have a four point seven, and I have a four point. Uh, you have a four point seven eight, and I have a four point eight zero. So I'm the valedictorian, and you're the salute. What a what a horrible thing to do to children. You know, right. um, I, I I just I will never understand why adults try to make that decision. Um, right. You know, the, to, to separate these kids and say, well, you're, there's so many things that go into why a student has a certain grade point average. But there are parents who are pushing, 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 pushing kids to, um, to excel academically. We should do well academically. I want every child to excel academically. But their academic life is only one part of their, um, of, of what our responsibility is. I mean, right. I, I, anybody who has a child, yes, there's education, there is, um, there are athletics, right. there are service hours, there are personality development, there's character development, there's what kind of person am I raising. I, I don't want anybody to raise a, a straight A student 
who can't um, associate with others. Right. I don't want you to raise a, a straight-A student who um, is a sociopath. Right. You know, Absolutely. There, we want you to think about your child as a whole person. That's right. That's you right. Know, we use the word holistic, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's not necessarily meaning that we're going to use talking about supplements and you right. know um, massage therapy. We're talking about you know thinking about your whole child, everything mm-hmm. about it, not only the academics but the social, the emotional, the the physical, every aspect of your child's development. Right. right. And so, so this whole idea of pressure, because there are some parents who they have a dream that their child, this child, my son, is going to be a professional baseball right. player. Or right. Professional. I'm going to go to the NFL. I'm going to go to the NBA. I'm going to be a Major League Baseball player. I'm going to be a Major League Tennis You know, we have some very good tennis players in Polk County. Yeah. They're not professional quality tennis players. Well, you know, and, and that's a great point because, um, you know, and I think you have to find a balance between... Allowing your child to have this dream, this this drive, this this uh, pursuit, but at the same time maintaining some level of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, in soccer, for example, um, it, you know I talk about soccer all the time. Of right. course, you, mm-hmm. you get bored with it, but um, you know if you're not at the age of this is the reality. If at the age of sixteen mm-hmm. you haven't been recruited for a youth program for some professional team you're probably not going to make it to a professional team. And that's probably true for most sports. Right. If you're not being recruited heavily by the time you're 15 or 16 or 17, you're probably not a professional right. caliber athlete. Now, you may use it in high in college. You can use it to get a, yeah, get, a get a scholarship and stuff, which is fantastic. And that's what we teach our boys uh, on our soccer team is that, you know, hey, you, you know, it's great to have that goal, but A... Mm-hmm. Let's make sure that we get you in college mm-hmm. with um, with a scholarship or something to help you with that. Sure. And B, let's have another plan. Mm-hmm. You know, let's you know. Okay, so soccer may not work out mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. as a professional player, um, but that doesn't mean that you can't stay within that within that world. You could be a coach. Right. You can be a referee. You could do all these other things. Um, or you can just go to college and play soccer in college, and then. You know, major in something that's going to be interesting to you. Right. That's going to be a career for that's you. That's right. Um, one of the one of the best, um, most accomplished professional baseball players playing currently is Bryce Harper. He plays for the Washington Nationals. Mm-hmm. When he was five years old, they knew that he was different. Right. When he was ten, he was playing with teenagers. When right. he was sixteen, when he dropped he he dropped out of high school in ninth grade, took the GED. So that he could prepare for um, college right. and play right. at the college and professional level. Right. Okay? When he was 15 and 16 years old. That's who the superstars are, you know. And there just aren't that many. There's one Bryce Harper. Okay. There's a, you know, we, we talk about how many people become professional athletes. What percent? It's like one or two percent right. of, all, of all kids. Yeah. In, in 2013, mm-hmm. just a couple of years ago, Real Madrid. One of the biggest oh, soccer, soccer teams in the world, in right. Spain, mm-hmm. right? That's where Cristiano Ronaldo plays. Right. Real Madrid, there was a big news story that Real Madrid beat out Barcelona in signing this wonderful player to be that was 11 years old. He they, was signed at 11. He was signed at 11 years old. you know at that age. Right. You, you just know at that age. And you can tell. Anybody who's around sports knows... Um, Who's who is different? Right. You know, um, we played a team from Celebration. Uh, seven year old? Yeah, I, I was just looking it up on the computer real quick. That, that was in 2011. Real Madrid signed an, a seven year old. Okay. Yeah. So so you know that there are things that you see, and you know, you mentioned 30 quarterbacks mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. ago. Right. Um, it, it's not like there's this infinite number of slots available that's right. uh, for some of these for, for some of these positions and some of these roles right. mm-hmm. it, it just it's just the, that's just the reality right and right. and so you know if we focus and but it's the same thing with whether, whether we're talking about sports or we're talking about academics even mm-hmm. you know that can't be the only thing that's right it can't be the only focus because when it is we become so restricted that we we, we lose other opportunities. That's right. And whether it's sports, we talk about sports, okay? And we've uh, we've always talked about um, having some other thing to do, okay? Right. And, and but let me let me say one more thing about Bryce Harper. When he was about 
I think he was in second grade. And um, the teacher was going around saying, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a veterinarian. Bryce Harper said, I'm going to be a professional baseball player. And the, teachers, the teacher sort of chuckled and said, well, I think you need another plan. And one of his friends was in the classroom and said, uh, ma'am, no, he's going to be a professional baseball player. <laughs> because, uh, that was at like eight years old, right. you know, seven or eight years old. Everybody who knew him knew that there was something very special about Bryce Harper. I mean, yeah. and and he and Bryce Harper has said, "I'd like to go back and talk to that teacher someday and say, here I am." Um, and and it, and the reason that it, we we use sports as a right. as an example for that is because, you know, again, there, there's limited positions uh, right. for that professionally, mm-hmm. um, but you can see. I mean, it, it's very clear. You know, right. I remember when my son was playing baseball. Yeah. Uh, there was a kid. You know, he they're they're eight and nine years old, and the kid probably threw sixty miles an hour. I yeah, mean, this kid he just right, and he wasn't playing professional. Mm-hmm. He wasn't you know he wasn't being recruited or scouted by that's anybody. Right. That's right. He's an eight year old that has a strong arm. Right. But that's you know mm-hmm. we got to look at other things too. Right. Of the millions of kids who are playing sports, you know, just a handful. Go on to play Division One sports, right. and only a tiny, tiny fraction of them go on to play professional sports. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's funny when you watch the Little League World Series, yeah. and you think, "Man, you know, our kids are so good, our kids are so advanced." Mm-hmm. And then you watch the Little League World Series, and you see, you know, another another team has a, a set of ten year olds that are all six foot tall. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, those guys have literally a head up against you. <laughs> they're, they're, they're they're gonna they're gonna be there, right? And so. Whether we're to, we, we use sports as an example, but exactly the same thing applies for every area of our child's life, right. including academics. Right. And we have parents who are pushing academics the way other parents push sports, like right. you're going to be this superstar. And you have to, have to, have to, have to. You have to get all A's. You have to go every day. You have to do this. And, and we put this incredible pressure on kids right. to, um, to be something that maybe they're not supposed to be. Okay. Um, Does every child have to go to the best school in the city? Does every child have to get all A's? And so the question becomes, if you create only a superb student, a superb athlete, are you ignore? Don't ignore the other things. Right. Don't ignore the personality characteristics. Right. Don't ignore their self-esteem. Don't ignore their self-worth. Because in your effort, it's so sad to see parents push their kids in tennis. Because you can see the parents dying a thousand deaths, but you can see the kids crumbling because right. they know their parents are disappointed. Because their value is only as as high. That's right. As they play, you can see that. You can see that in tennis. Because it's such a personal thing, you know, it's harder in football because you have helmets and pads and you don't see it. Right. But in tennis, it's a team. That's right. In tennis, you can see kids crumble because they know they're disappointing their parents. And like, what a horrible thing to do to a child, you yeah. know. Um, but we do the same thing with academics. If you right. if you tie, if it if it becomes conditional on um, on how they're doing in school or how they're doing in academics, um, th- th- um, you diminish your child. You know, right. when when what we should be doing is building, building, building. So first of all, whether we're talking about these tests or whatever we're talking about, um, how much pressure is too much pressure? Right. Whether you want to create an athlete, whether you want to create an Ivy League scholar, right. whether you want to create the world's best mathematician, um, even mathematicians. You know, there was a yeah. little boy on the news the other day, 11 years old, got a perfect score on the SAT yeah. you know, at yeah. 11. Uh-huh. How, how does an 11-year-old learn all the math that's on the SAT? Right. That's college-level math. Right. Because they're different. The protégés right. are different, okay? Right. And the other thing about protégé, so we're talking about don't try to create a protégé, okay? Right. Because protégés do two things. Either they go on to become world class or they burn out. Right. I mean, we know that. I mean, right. all the research about gifted and talented people is they either become world class or they burn out. So even if you do have a protégé, don't do the things that make them burn out. Right. Whether it's an athlete, a scholar, a dancer, a golfer, a tennis player, don't, don't do the things that make them burn out. Do the thing. So what we're talking about here is nurturing. We have to nurture a child to in, in all areas, right. not just one, but in all areas. Uh, because even a world-class athlete is going to have to do something besides that someday. Right, and I think that you know, the, one of the ways to differentiate between those who 
um, burn out and those who become world class is how well rounded they are. That's right. It is That's how right. um, how how established, how stable their mm-hmm. psychology is, their right. their personality, their right. you know who they feel about themselves. And I think of uh, I think of Steffi Graf. Steffi Graf was a was a real world class mm-hmm. uh, tennis player a few years right. ago. Um, very she good. Andre Agassi, right? Was yes. Steffi Graf? Yeah. Right. And now Steffi Graf is a coach for younger players. Mm-hmm. That's being well-rounded. Okay. Yeah. She didn't become an obnoxious anything. She she was a very good tennis player when she was playing. Now she's helping others. Right. So that's what we talk about. That that's what we want. We want well-rounded. So the first thing is parents have to so how do you do this? Well, first thing you have to know who this child is. Right. You know, who is this child? And any anybody who has more than one child knows that they're all they're different right okay uh, e- even children who have same genes same family same discipline same everything t- can turn out very very differently okay and so first of all who is this child okay and we often say well this is my child no it's not yours yeah. <laughs> technically um it is it is a separate person right okay and so my job as a parent is not to mold and shape this child into any particular thing. It's to allow this child to unfold, to become whatever he or she is going to become. That's right. my job as a parent. Right. If they have athletic abilities, I encourage that. If they have musical talent, I encourage that. If they have academic talent, you encourage that. Right. Okay. How do you do that? In the early years, you do it through attachment parenting. Um, attachment parent- parenting begins at birth, and the first two years... What we want to do is establish a very firm, loving, nurturing bond between the child and the parent. Right. Okay, we want so that so that the child has that sense of security. In the preschool years, we want to encourage that child. In the elementary school years, we encourage, we stay close, we stay close. But at about the time the child reaches puberty, we have to then move to the second type, which is detachment parenting. So we spend the pre-pubertal years, generally through elementary and into middle school, doing attachment parenting, staying close, staying nurturing, staying. And then it shifts to detachment parenting because as we look at that high school graduate, that's where this conversation started, is what do you want at the end of it? What we want, when that child steps off the stage at high school graduation, we want that child to be able to enter the world independent of us. Right. That child then should be able to do most things on his or her own. Right. I think most parents would say, well, what do you want? When you say to parents, what do you want for your child? Well, I want him to reach his potential and I want him to become independent. Yes, you want him to become independent. Independence doesn't happen automatically. Right. It happens because parents do the things that they need to do to make the child more independent. And sometimes that means putting them in situations that forces them to be independent. That's right. Um, And one of the uh, Dr. Bernie and I both teach at the college level, and we teach undergraduates, and we see undergraduates who are still very much attached right. to their parents. Right. Um, I think we've probably talked about this on some previous shows, that when we went to college, um, there were no cell phones right. when we went to college. And if you had a problem, you had to figure out a solution for yourself. So you right. went to the dean, or you went to your advisors, and, and you learned over a four-year span while you were in college, four or five years of of undergraduate study, you learned how to function on your own because you had to, okay? Out of necessity. That's right. Um, You couldn't call home. uh, Today, a student can can text a parent while in class. Right. Okay, and say, what should should I do? And then the parent... So that denies the child that that to, to remain attached to your child... After they have reached the teenage years, to remain attached to your child is to actually do a disservice to your child because you're denying them the opportunity. You want to stay close so they get all A's. Right. But you're denying them the opportunity to learn how to manage disappointment and failure. Right. You know, if your goal is is for your child to get all A's so there's no disappointment and so they get all and they go to, you're, you're, at the same time, you're denying them the opportunity to learn how to handle failure and disappointment. Yeah, right now my daughter right now is um, a senior right. in, in high school, and she but she's a full time dual enrollment student mm-hmm. at the, the local college, and um, she is having a heck of a time with college algebra 
Now, she's always been really strong in algebra and, and math in general, but she's really having a heck of a time. And um, it, at least in part of it, part of it has to do with the, with the instructor. He, it sounds very challenging the way that he's doing some things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I'm trying to teach her is, uh, is, is how she needs to deal with that, how she needs to cope with that. I don't want her to make a good grade in that class you because could. you could tutor her. Right. No, no, no. You could tutor her to get an all A's, regardless right. of what the teacher's doing. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. And I don't want her to make a good grade because of me. Right. Because I, that's what I want her to do. I. What I'm trying to teach her is, you want to pass this class, um, A, so that you pass the class. B, so it doesn't kill your your GPA. GPA. And and C, so that you don't have to take it again. Right. You know, right. so, but this is a lesson that she has to learn on, you know, how do I overcome some of these issues? Right. Not because dad wants her to make a good grade, mm-hmm. but because making a good grade is in her best interest. And, yeah. and that's, that's a, sometimes kids have to be taught that very directly. They, they don't learn that intuitively because they've lived their whole life trying to make you right. happy, trying to meet your expectations. Right. And they're not going to learn it just by telling them what to do. Right. I mean, they have to go through the experience themselves. Um, I'm sure that I learned more from struggling and right. from disappointment than I did from successes. I've always learned more from my, my, my struggles than I have from my success. Because you succeed. How, wh- why do you succeed? I don't know. I don't know why I succeeded right. here and failed here. Right. You know, we write articles in our business. We write articles. And some get accepted and some don't. And I don't know why some get accepted and some don't because right. uh, they all seem the same to me. Yeah. So, um, so we have to learn how to handle those disappointments. And we learn how to handle them through falling short right. or failing every once in a while. Right. Um, I think for a child to know only success right. is that child is going to be missing an important developmental step somewhere right. along the way. Right. And, and I don't care whether that failure, let's use the word failure, um, it occurs in elementary school or middle school or high school. You have to learn how to do that. Again, we talk about sports. You know, what do we want kids? We want kids to learn sportsmanship. I don't right. care if you win. I don't want you to go out there and win every match because you've outsiked your appointment uh, opponent or you've been nasty to the, your opponent. Or that's no, that's not that's not how we right. want you to do things. Right. Um, you you are graceful in victory and you're graceful in defeat. Right. That doesn't come automatically. That comes from parents and coaches and teachers teaching kids how to man- manage both success and failure. You have to be able to do both. And this idea that some parents have is that my child is not going to fail. I'm not sure that that's going to get you the child that you really want. Right. Yeah. I, I wrote a blog post the other day talking about uh, punishment versus reality. Yeah. You know, right. we, we, we feel that, you know, well, the kids are the way that they are today because they need more discipline. They need more punishment. And mm-hmm. it, the, the, the actuality is, is that what kids really need today is reality. Right. Um, they need to experience what real life is. Right. And I don't mean real life that, you know, because that's what people, proponents of, of tests say, well, you know, this is introducing them to reality. N- no, that, that's not reality. Mm-hmm. What they need to experience with reality is, you know what, sometimes you fall short. Right. Sometimes you just don't make the mark. And when you don't make the mark, you don't get a reward for that. That's right. You know, you don't get a participation trophy. I like the way you worded that just because you're there. Your, right. your presence, your presence here, you know, is not enough. Right. You, you have to do something. Right. You have to earn this stuff. Exactly. Okay? That's what kids need to learn. And we've, you know, all of us have complained about these participation trophies and ribbons that kids get. You yeah. Know? wrong you know yeah unless unless yeah we want you to participate but typically we want you to perform we want you to get better right and and, and again as you were saying a moment ago th- that's a developmental thing if you're going to give participation trophies to all of the five-year-olds that's fine because we want to build their interest right. in whatever it is that they're doing whether it's right. art or, or sports or, or whatever and at but, five we don't care whether they win or they don't care if they win or lose. yeah they have no idea i mean they there's a few play. that do but they just want to play right. mm-hmm. But once they reach school age, once right. they're, you know, six, seven, especially eight years old, okay, yeah, that's it. That's enough. Um, now you got to everybody. The, and we, we've talked about this before, and this is how it, again, ties back to the education stuff we're talking about. Um, it's everybody shouldn't get an A. Thank you. Everybody shouldn't. An A is meaningless if everybody gets an A. Right, right. Um you have to you you have to build some value 
for these things. Right. And, and you build value by saying, hey, you got to work for it. That's right. That's right. I'm not um, just going to give it to you. One of our, uh, one of our listeners sent, um, I don't know whether we both got it or I think we both got it. Um, or I may have gotten it and sent it to you. And it was a story about a girl, a female athlete, high school athlete, who came home and was complaining to her dad about the coach being unfair right. or they're not giving me playing time. And so what the child was trying to do was blame the coach for right. not giving. And she was sort of seeking her dad's mm-hmm. intervention with right. the coach. And the dad calmly just said, work harder. Yeah. And that was the end of, and walked away. Yeah. Okay. And that girl learned a valuable lesson that day. That yeah. Number one, I'm not going to, this is your thing. This is your sport. Right. You want to get back. You want, you want to play more? Work harder. Right. <laughs> what, yeah. what wonderful advice to get. This is your issue. It's not my issue to argue with a coach. Right. And I would say the same thing with te- about uh, when your kids come to you and say the teachers are being unfair. Right. That's your child's problem to deal with. Unless it's a gross transgression on the part of a teacher. Right. Don't fight your battles for your kids. Teach them how to negotiate these things. Right. So that when and- they get to college... They'll have the ability to do that. But if they don't learn how to do that in elementary, middle, and high school, if my daughter never has to talk to her teachers about her grades, when she goes to college, she won't even know that she's supposed to go to her teacher. Right. Yeah, and I think that, again, that's a great point because what we we want to teach our kids is when you have a problem— Here's how to handle the problem. Let me right. let me teach you how to handle the problem. I'm not right. going to handle it for you. That's right. I'll teach you how to handle the problem. And, right. and that way, that empowers the kid. That gives them some confidence. That gives them an awareness of, okay, mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to handle it in the future. But it also, it, it puts the onus on the kid. Right. You know, right. again, right. my, my daughter, my daughter's pretty, um, she's a pretty anxious person. Mm-hmm. She's, she's very hesitant. She doesn't like confrontation. She, she's uh, avoidant of those kinds of things. And, you know, for the past four or five years, mm-hmm. that's we really had to work on that and say, right. you know, well, I'll help you. I, I'll read over the email that you send your teacher because she doesn't like going up and talking to them face to face. So I said, right. well, send them an email mm-hmm. and I'll, and, you know, you build the email and I'll help you if you need to reword it or something like that so that you make sure that your point gets across. Right. And we build those skills that way. We build it by you know, we know we've talked about scaffolding before where you you help the child build the skills that they're not really comfortable with yet mm-hmm. and you help them build it um but but they have to be able to do it they that's have right. to get to that point that's right um and there's a there's a, a final point here about um success and failure in in our children and that is that you know um we can always reinvent ourselves right okay um there was a time in our country where people would take a job and they would know that they were going to be at this company for 30 years. Right. Okay. And then they would retire and they would get a watch or they would get a pen or get something. But you were going to have this job. It, that, that existed in, um, in Europe, uh, you know, 100 years ago. Um, the, the example they give is Austria where, you know, you got this job and you knew you were going to have that job for the rest of your life right. and that your children would probably work in the same company right. and they would have that job for the rest of their lives. Well, World War One came along, World War Two came along and that's all changed. Okay? Yeah. Nobody, it's, it's highly unlikely that you will retire from the company that you first worked for. Right. Okay. People are reinventing themselves all the time. We're going back to school. We hear these MBA programs that you can do on a Saturday yeah. you know, to redo yourself. So we have the opportunity now to reinvent ourselves many times mm-hmm. um, from, from the time we're in school until the time we, we decide to retire. Um, and so remember that even if a child is not exactly where you want him or her to be when they graduate from high school, right. let's say they decide not to go to college. Right. We all want our kids to go to college, okay? Yeah. Fact is, most don't. Right. And, the, and most who go don't, uh, many who go don't graduate. Right. Okay? And so we all want our kids to go to college, but not all are going to go. If my children go to college, that is their decision. Right. Okay? That, that's their education. They have to build that. They have to decide where they want to go. They have to decide where they fit. They have to decide that they want to do the hard work that it takes to get an undergraduate degree. 
they may not make that decision at 18. They can make that decision at 25. They can make that decision at 35. Okay. When I was an undergraduate at USF, mm -hmm. um, there was a person who graduated the, the same uh, in, in, I think it was 98, when I graduated with my bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. In that same graduation, there was a guy graduating with his doctorate in psychology who was 65 years old. That's right. That's right. I mean, there are... He went back to school. There are people who go to medical school in their 30s. Yeah. Not, not everybody goes at 21 or 22, okay? Right. Some do other things, and then they decide they want to go to medical, or they want to go to law school, or I want to teach. You know, I want to become a teacher. You know, I've been working in business, and now I want to do something else. Right. So remember that our children are going to have many opportunities to reinvent themselves, just like we do. They're going to have many opportunities to reinvent themselves as we go along. So... We say that because don't panic. You know, these 18 years are important, but they're not the only opportunity our children are going to have to right. be successful. They will have opportunities throughout their lives, but it has to be their life and their decision. Right. Whether they're 16 or 35, it has to be their decision. Right. So don't, don't feel that you have to, have to, have to do all this stuff and put pressure on the child, put pressure on yourself, put pressure on the family because everything has to be done by 18. No, we know what we want at 18. We work hard to get there, but it's not the end of the world if we're not finished with the project at 18. Right. It, it, some kids take a little bit longer. Yeah. Okay? Um, and, so, and the world is designed that way now. And the world function. That's right. That, that's you know, right. It, it, our, the world today is not designed where... You know, you have to be 18 mm -hmm. when you go to college. That's right. It's just not like that anymore. Right. You know, some kids will say, well, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to do anything. Okay, well, then then you have to go to work. Okay? Right. Yeah. And then they'll work for a couple of years and say, man, this is, I don't want to do this. I want to go to school. I want to go to college. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. That child has gotten exactly where to the place where you want her to be. Yeah. Okay. Now it's hers. Now she'll go to college. You don't have to worry about monitoring her progress. She now knows what she wants. Right. Okay? Yeah. The world is not as static no. as it used to be. It, no. It's much more dynamic. It's much more adjusting and much more um, malleable to what mm -hmm. you want. You know, right. you can you can change it. You can you know, for goodness sakes, there's so many different formats for learning right. now. I mean, it's you don't have to go sit in a college um, no, auditorium anymore. You don't have to drive to a campus, to, to, a, to a location. Yeah. You can do it, you can do it um, online. Yeah. Um, so so what, to summarize, what we're saying is uh, we still have some issues with education, particularly testing, but we don't just want to be critics, and we also want to talk about how do we help our children manage the world of education as it exists in 2015, 2016. Because we still have that obligation as parents, right? Yeah, and we you want, want to you, you want to be flexible. You want to be right. Um, you don't want to be so rigid mm -hmm. that you remove opportunities, that you eliminate possibilities, and that you, you you try to force your child into a mold that maybe they just don't fit they into. Don't fit into that mold. So you have to know who your this child is. I mean, I, I had I have four children, and they are vastly different in right. their goals and their ambitions and their talents, their abilities and what they want to do and how how they want to live. They're vastly different. And I have the obligation to raise each one of those children and to value the person that they are becoming and to value the career or college choice that they're making. Right. I mean, I can't, I wouldn't be any prouder of a, of a physician than I would be of a very good chef. I mean, to right. me, they're both accomplished. A, a good musician, a good artist, a good chef, a good physician. The, the operant word there is good, not right. the choice of career. Right. I don't care if you're. I don't care what you're good at. Just get good at something. Right. It doesn't have to be college. Exactly. So, so the 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 goal is think about where you want your child to be at the at when she, when he or she is handed a diploma. What do you want this person to act like, think like, look like? The second thing is you you accomplish this first through attachment parenting and then gradually through detachment parenting. Right. That you have to give your child a chance to fail, to handle success, to handle failure, and to make their own decisions about what they want to be. It has to be theirs. They, they, they are raised by us. They don't belong to us. They're, they're not our possessions. Right. They are our responsibility. And our responsibility is to teach them to become independent. One of my siblings gave my mother a plaque one day, and it said, parents, parents give their children two things. One is roots, and the other is wings. Um, mm. And I thought, that's pretty good advice, you yeah. know. 
keep them firmly planted, but give them wings so they can become where, and go wherever they're supposed to go. Right. So we'll talk more about that. Uh, this is and uh, and. Uh, so we're not going to be a curmudgeon. We're not going to be no. Remember, what's the title of this? More than a curmudgeon? Yeah. Is that the title? Yeah. We're not just going to be curmudgeons, and certainly we're not just going to be critics of everybody else. Um, we have lots of work to do with these kids. We know how to do it, and uh, we hope to hear from you what your struggles are, because it is, it is it's hard work. Parenting is hard work. Uh, we're here to, uh, and we hope to hear from you about what your experiences are with your children. Um, so let yeah. us know. Let us hear from you. Yeah, so definitely, you know, if, you, if you're listening to us on Twitter, or I always say Twitter, I don't know why, um, iTunes. If you're listening to us on iTunes, you know, please write a review or, or um, rate us. It uh, certainly helps uh, other people find us, other people know what's going on, and of course to join in our conversation. Um, a couple other announcements. One is um, we're working on some, um, hey Siri, how you doing? That was Siri. Was uh, it? Yeah. Um, I thought it was a ventriloquist <laughs> there for a minute. <laughs> One thing is we're, we're working on um, some new workshops, and we're going to be announcing some of that stuff uh, coming soon so that um, we, we have a new venue, a new partner with um, Webster University here in Lakeland oh, uh, for right. a venue. And so we're going to work on some new workshop, work on some workshops, create some new workshops that we're going to, to present, and we'll have a nice place to do and that. And I would like to invite our listeners to... Ask um, to request specific topics yeah. that they would like for us to address. Yeah. Um, so if you have some to- particular topic that you would like for us to talk about, please let us know, and we will put that together and let you know when it's going to be. Absolutely. And invite you to participate. Right. Okay. right. Absolutely. Uh, the second announcement, you mentioned it earlier. We are working on the revision of our Handbook for Raising an Emotionally Healthy Child. And we will have what we've decided to do because this is a ma- it's turning into a major revision. It was going to be just uh, we were just going to sort of update some things and, and clean it up a little bit, but we have d- decided to do a pretty significant revision. A significant and revision. so what we're going to do is we're going to release the book in portions. Um, the, the book is comprised of three um, sections. And so the first section is almost done. Uh, the, the, the first section is uh, behavior, um, uh, behavior management. And we're going to release behavior management, hopefully within the next few weeks or so, as an ebook on Kindle. Right. Um, so you can get the first section. Uh, it'll be uh, four or five chapters. And, yeah, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, so you can get started with that um, while, you, while you guys are reading that and, and enjoying that, that book or that portion, uh, we're going to be working on section two, which is attention, right. followed by attention three, which is uh, love. Yeah. And we're going to release each of the three sections individually, but then we'll also release it as an entire book mm-hmm. um, at the end of um, once we have everything done. Right. Yeah, we have, uh, we're almost finished with the revision. In fact, I'm hoping with a little bit of luck um, that we'll be pretty much finished with the um, with the behavior section this weekend. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll have some people reading parts of it, some parents yeah. and some students reading parts of it, just to see what they think. Um, but we're pretty close to being finished yeah. with that first section. So, so keep an eye out for that. We'll yeah. we'll, we'll post it on, on Twitter. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, that I meant to I'm say Twitter that time. About, I'm um, very excited about that book, by the way. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll I'll post the announcement on Twitter. Um, and on Facebook and everything, so you, and, and of course we'll talk about it here mm-hmm. when that's available. Uh, so you can jump on uh, the Amazon store and, and get that. Um, the final announcement is that one other thing that we're working on, while you're busily um, revising uh, the, book. the book, I am working on a, um, a parenting course for parenting kids with ADHD. Right. And... Uh, that's been a learning curve. Uh, this is the first time I've ever done anything like that. <laughs> that and um, that microphone thing was unbelievable. Yeah, we uh, man, I had someday we have I, to have we'll have a separate podcast about uh, the microphone um, issue. I um, I probably recorded four hours of video and audio mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago, um, most of which. I'm going to have to redo. <laughs> it's, like, um, it's like doing a Word document of 20 or 30 pages and hitting the delete key yeah. before you save it. Well, and, you know, and it's the, the frustration, of course, is that, um, you know, you, you do it and you listen to it. Um, I listen, you listen to it on the, on, the, on the computer. Sounds great. Yep. But then you put in headphones. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you put in headphones, you start hearing yes, things that uh, 
that you don't hear. Well, these microphones that we use are so sensitive right. that all you have to do is, if you just place your hand on the table, the right. microphone picks that up. Right. If you touch anywhere near it, it picks up the sound. Yeah. So we, we actually tried something new with the podcast today, so hopefully um, yeah. you can tell a difference. Um, Except for Siri. Except for Siri. Siri, she's in, always interrupts. Uh, so. I apologize so, for that. So I turned that, my phone off. So that course will be available soon. Um, I'm hoping to, to re-record all of that and get all of that going within the next uh, right. couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. that will be available on uh, Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. And we're, that's com. the first of many that we plan to do. Yeah, right? yeah. We're going to do one on, tem- on uh, Rage Attack, Kids Who Have Emotional Meltdowns. Right. And, and now that I've figured some of this stuff out, some yeah. things are going to be easier. So we're going to start doing some additional, uh, some of those additional podcasts that we've right. promised before um, and videos for YouTube. Um, I think that we're going to be able to do that much easier now uh, than we once did. So It's a learning curve. Like <laughs> we learn from our failures. Right? That's right. It's a good example oh, of failures. learning from our disappointments and, and uh, not meeting the expectations. Um, so we learned a lot right. from, from the failures, right? Yeah, Good so, example. So uh, stay tuned for all of those announcements. It'll be coming up soon. And um, again, we'll, we'll have that out on Twitter, at um, Dr. Bernie is, is the handle. Um, on our Facebook page, the Paydia Facebook page, but also the Mental Breakdown Facebook page, we'll announce it all there. Um, and, and a final thing is um, if you, we are rebooting well, rebooting. We are we are pushing and building our publication uh, company called Paydia. Right. Name you know P A E D E I A dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Paydia LLC dot com. P A E D E I A L L C dot com. Um, and so we are accepting submissions for right. for people who you know if you have a book, if you have a book idea, a short story, um, novel, uh, fiction, nonfiction, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you want some help. In uh, putting it together, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll help you do all of that, and we'll get it out as, a, as an ebook. <clears throat> we'll get it all formatted and everything. Um, so if you have any interest in, in uh, publishing anything, you know, get, get in touch with us at thepediallc.com, and we will help you out with that. Um, I would love to hear from some teachers who have thought about writing some of this stuff down. Yeah, yeah, I'd absolutely. love to hear from you, and we will encourage you. We will work with you. Um, you guys who are on the front lines have so much to say, and uh, we'd like to have we'd like for you, we'd like to help you say it. So, right. uh, any teachers out there who are listening, teachers, principals, administrators, um, or parents, um, we would love to hear from you. So, if you have something you want to write down, you've always wanted to write it down, please let us know. Uh, we'll be partners. Absolutely. So, all right. I think that's all the announcements. Okay. All right. Thank so, you. Um, have a great weekend. Yes. You too. And uh, we will see you. We will be back here. Be back here next Friday. I, I think it will be back here next Friday. Um, I looked at my schedule yesterday, and I, I'm supposed to be in court again next Friday. But I think it's in the afternoon. I think it's not until 1.30. So we should All be right. fine to record in the morning okay. um, if I can't get out of it. I really want to get out of that one. No, no. It's an ordeal. So, I, did, I did that one day this week, too. <laughs> it's always an adventure going Always. Okay. So until next week, I'm Dr. Bernie. And I'm Dr. Richard. Have a great week, and uh, good luck on any of the testing out there. Guys. That's right. That's right. Work, work hard.